Hey, thanks for checking out this podcast from Sports Kita Wrestling. Check out the rest of our audio offerings, including episodes of Legion of Raw with Vince Russo every Monday night into Tuesday, Smack Talk with Dutch Mantel every Friday into Saturday, and content nearly six days a week, including pay-per-view post shows. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. Also, check out all these shows in our video versions on YouTube and Facebook Watch. She is the roughest. She's the toughest. She's the fastest. She's the strongest. She's. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting one of these. I'm forgetting one. Roughest, Which one am I? Toughest, the strongest, the quickest, the fastest. The EST. Be- Bianca Belair is with us once again on the inside cradle later on today. Uh, we'll be talking to her. She has a lot of different things to say about her road to WrestleMania that's coming up. Kind of interesting there. Uh, and also we learned the air, the origins of the hair whip. Oh, plus uh, <laughs> dumb me, dumb me. Uh, Kevin Owens resigned with WWE. We're getting into all of it. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. A lot of people pissed off about that move. Why Why are people angry that Kevin Owens, arguably one of the most beloved wrestlers in the game today, has re-signed with WWE? We'll get into that. We'll get into who is not going to re-sign with WWE and maybe be teased for something. Maybe they're in a box somewhere waiting to be opened. Um, We'll talk about that. A lot to get into. I'm Kev Kellum. That is Rick Uchino. You can follow us on the Twitter machines or handles there on screen. If you're with us on the podcast side of things, thank you guys so, 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 so much. Uh, you guys have put us on the charts in the United States, Woo! in Australia, yeah. in Great Britain. Oh. And uh, we are so, so, so thankful for that. Uh, also, you get tons of audio like from us. Top five in the Philippines, too, man. Philippines, baby. Philippines, man. Shout thank out you to so much. We're over. Manila Mania running wild, man. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, give us a review, by the way. If you're listening to our podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It really, really helps but us Only out. if you like us. If you think we suck, shut the fuck up. Say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Say nothing. Uh, the Inside Cradle every week, if you haven't watched it before, uh, this is different from the other shows you get from uh, the old SK in that we go a little bit deeper. Uh, you know, normally when we cover topic, we get you know five ten minutes. You know, and we we can't debate as much as we like. You know, top story. I do that show for Sports Key to five days a week. We'll get into a little bit of it, but we try and keep it under half an hour. This show we try to go forty five an hour. So so get, dive deep with us. Well, I don't get think in the comments, Evan. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge us. I don't think we've ever gone just forty five. No, we always go over. We always say Today it to ourselves. It. Today we're doing it. I am just shutting my computer off in forty five minutes. We're going you can Broadway. it out the rest of the way if you want. We're to. we're going like Danielson and Hangman. We're going Broadway. We have a time limit draw. If it's a draw, I'm out. <laughs> forty five minutes done. Out. We will talk and, about that. And later. we have Bianca Belair on the show again. Once again, we have another chat with bianca belair which is really really exciting she's a good, uh, very great conversation with us but about what's going her, on here. nikki ash and, and and drew mcintyre we have we have quite the the stable of regular stars which uh, is great it's just, <laughs> just who else has this i might you be talking mean? to drew for the ninth time like next week sometime you know was he like hi just Rick. A, just hello, old friends shooting the shit you know how it is hello rick how are you doing again Rick? i'll never i'll never forget when i talked to him back-to-back days um what was that SummerSlam? Because they did the the tryout, the open tryout in Vegas. Um, and I talked to him at the open tryout. And then the next day, they did the press junket. And I got to talk to him again. And as he's walking up to me, he's like, come on, man. What are we going to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> like, and you're eventually going to run out of questions. I'm like, I came up with some stuff for you. All right. I know how to prep. Let's talk about the story of the story of the week. I think maybe the story of the month. 
Uh, and maybe uh, even the story of the year to be completely we, we've we have one of the top some, five yes we've had some major wrestling stories this year but definitely this is one of the bigger ones kevin owens confirming today news that was broken yesterday by old oh, tip of the cap to millennial Meltzer himself sean ross up at fightful select well worth money go subscribe srs bomb uh and then owens going on the record in a french language interview with pat laprod uh, and saying that he indeed signed a new multi-year deal with WWE. More details coming out about this through the Wrestling Observer. The deal is a very, very hefty sum. A re- reported number between 2 to $3 million. A year. Uh, and this will keep him with the company through January 2024. Good for uh, you, dude. Just, uh, just, yes. Get paid, big man. Get paid. Uh, well, well worth it. I mean, he's one. He's one, arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I covered this in a breaking news video yesterday with uh, Sid SP3, who we've had on the cradle before, and he has really agreed with me. I think the universal sense is anybody who has a televised wrestling show would want him. And WWE made it clear: yes, we are letting some people go, but we're not going to let this guy go. And he showed some real value in a different way, I think, during the pandemic that maybe people didn't see. He's become a locker room general. He has influence with other talent. He has influence with creative. Uh, And then on top of that, he's someone that, like, promoted the idea that WWE should pay attention to protocols, COVID regulations, and, and, you know, spearheaded some of those things internally. And then on top of it, he's a great wrestler. He can do everything you want him to do from be a top card baby face, a top card heel, a mid card villain, a comedy act. He can do it all uh, and proved it at WrestleMania this year, doing the stuff with Jake Paul and interacting with him. He's, I mean, this guy can really carry almost anything you give him. Yeah. And, Look, WWE needed to prioritize, you know, bringing him in. And, you know, in that interview, uh, the the French language interview, Kevin basically explained, you know, why he re-signed with WWE. He said it was an easy decision for him, um, especially when we had all the, re- which is contrary to all the reports that came out several months ago when his contract was up saying basically WWE is under the assumption that he's gone. Like, bye-bye, forget it. Everybody sees, you know, the the body language of Kevin Owens and, and, October and November and you know he's it, doing provocative things on the internet yeah, he's teas- yeah. he's teasing Mount Rushmore and this that and the other thing. playing everybody like a freaking fiddle just a freaking fiddle which again tip of the cap to Kevin Owens because hey it got people talking it got him buzzed uh he started he's currently uh, among the in the midst of one of the biggest pushes that he's had uh in quite some time at least to, to when he was challenging Roman Reigns uh late last year and earlier this year um, but yeah, man, this was, uh, he said, look, this was very easy for me. This was the best move for me and my family. Very, very important. This is the company that he's been with for the majority of his career. And it just made a ton of sense for him to be right where he is. And I know that there is a large portion of the very vocal wrestling internet community that was counting down the days until his contract expired. So he would walk on over to Tony Khan, sign his contract and show up on AEW dynamite and give somebody a pop-up power bomb or, or something. And Kevin Steen and spill the tea and say, I hate WWE and all this horse crap. Let me just go ahead and say one thing. First off, Kevin Owens did the best move for him and his family. If you're pissed off about that, I don't know what to tell you. Second, you don't respect, you don't, and you don't really respect him. Correct. Secondly, if you're pissed off about this, 
If you are mad that a top superstar decided to sign with WWE, you don't realize how how good this is for the professional wrestling industry and how good this is for WWE fans. WWE fans, more than anything, really, really needed this win because they have seen so many of their favorites leave. They have seen so many of their favorites get let go. They have seen so many of their favorites jump ship over to, to AEW. And yeah, while it's a great thing and that's, that's the best situation for them and that's fine. But here's the thing. If all of these major stars are fleeing the ship of WWE, that's not a good thing for the wrestling industry. And I know you have people out there who say, why would you, you know, support this shit company and this, that, and the other thing. I love professional wrestling. I watch as much of it as I can. The, the main thing, thing to understand here is when wwe does succeed when they are firing on all cylinders that's good for the professional wrestling industry and it's nice to see it's nice to see that wwe actually prioritized keeping somebody because i genuinely did not know if that was something that was important to them or not outside of like maybe three people the Charlotte Flair, the Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. the Roman Reigns. Outside of those three people, I don't know if I didn't know if they cared about keeping literally anybody because there's been no rhyme or reason to their releases or anything this year. So to see them prioritize keeping a guy like Kevin Owens and signing a top star and showing that they have that they see value in a guy like Kevin Owens, who goes against pretty much everything that the reports say WWE is interested in these days. Age, he's 37. Age, he he's not this this physical freak like a Braun Strowman. Uh, you know, like he's not he's a hefty guy, portly guy, got a little bit in the midsection, but the guy will run through a brick wall for this company. He'll run, he'll literally throw himself off the stage through a flaming table. Uh he wanted to jump off a pirate ship for the fans in WWE. That's what this man does. When does he get to jump off that pirate ship? Uh probably never, but you know, he'll find something higher, I'm sure. This is a good thing for a lot of reasons. It shows me that WWE does actually care about putting on a good product because if they didn't, they'd let Kevin Owens walk. They'd let Sami Zayn walk and they, they wouldn't care. And they just replenish them and think that these are replaceable cogs. This at least shows me that while a lot of these releases have been misguided, it shows me that they at least do value some people and they want to keep certain stars around and they have a plan and they care about putting on a good product for the show. And yes, when, when major stars sign with WWE, that is also a good thing for professional wrestling because if all the top stars are signing for one company, eventually AEW is going to get in the spot where WWE was in just two or three years ago where they have all this talent in the world and no time to put them on television. This is a good thing for the professional wrestling industry all around. And I, you could sit there and say, but they don't utilize them correctly and they're going to have them do stupid stuff and this, that, and the other thing. Look, if WWE is going to get better, which I think we all want, we all should want. If you're a professional wrestling fan, you shouldn't want WWE to fail. You want WWE to improve. And that is the hope. If you want WWE's on-screen product, which has not been consistently good for a long time now, you want people like Kevin Owens in WWE. That's the only hope. And this well, also, I don't, I don't, th- I mean, consistently good is a fair take on it because I think there's this widespread take, and everyone says, Oh, you're WWE Homer, and I collect my money from Vince and since apologist, apologist, right? I, I don't, I'm not going to be an apologist when I say, I think Kevin Owens has been really compelling on Raw since he's been there. Like, he's been very interesting. He's had never had a bad match since he got drafted there a few months ago. 
He's got interesting promos. He uh, knew what, he, like the, the angle they did with him at Survivor Series. What did that make everyone think? Oh, he's leaving. He's yep. leaving. He's leaving right now, right? Uh, now he's in this fatal four-way match. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but it's not like it was a write-off. Two weeks ago, a week ago, people were saying he's in the match just to take the pin and, uh, you know. And bye-bye. Bye-bye, you know, and thank you. And you put somebody over on the way out. You did the the respect the territory thing, right? Um, And his take, hang on, I have food getting delivered here. Um, <laughs> man, man, continue. Yeah. And, and look, here's, here's the thing when it comes to, to Kevin Owens and those people who are, who are afraid that he's not going to get, you know, any kind of significant push or, or anything out of this, if they're paying him two to $3 million a year. Uh, if he has a no cut clause, look guys, it, that, again, that's, that's only reported. I can't, I can't verify that. He's getting two to three million. He has a no cut clause. He's guaranteed to be there through January of 2024. He's going to get used in a major way. WWE's been petty pension for what, two years now? There is no way on God's green earth that they are going to sign Kevin Owens to that kind of a contract and then not use him in a meaningful way. There's no way on God's green earth. That is happening. So I guarantee you, Kevin Owens is going to be used in a main event level way for now and into the foreseeable future. They view him as a guy they can build their brand around. Somebody that they should have been building their brand around for years. We could we could talk about that all day. I agree with you. But this is a guy who's going to get used. He's going to get used substantially. And I would not be surprised if he is your next WWE champion. Does that mean he should win the title at day one or he is going to win the title at day one? The answer to both of those should be no. He should not win the title at day one. It is not time to take that belt off of Big E. I know Big E got pinned this last week and everybody was pissed off about that, but, you know, no DQ. They protected him a little bit here. Uh, and I'm slightly worried that Big E's going to lose this championship uh, at day one, but it, it should not be the time. You don't, I, the, you don't think it's the time to put the title on Kevin Owens right no, now? No, not right now. No, absolutely not. When I think that? that this is, I think this is a program that you could. Uh, Sorry for the Burger King logo. They aren't sponsoring <sighs> the show. They're, yeah, they're not sponsored. Burger King, step up. I was going to say, somebody step BKSK up. BKSK combo, let's do it. Yeah, somebody somebody step up. No, we, uh, name a Whopper after me. I don't care. Give me a Mick Rick. Oh, wait, that's wrong. Anyway. Yeah, the big Rick. A, Can I get the big Rick? Give me a frosty Chino, or is that is that the right <laughs> the one? The frosty Chino. Is that, <laughs> is that Burger King? Frosty yeah. Chino, the Burger no, King. No, that's somebody else. I think that's. Is, I don't know. Is it Wendy's? Is Wendy's oh, dude, don't give me hey, I have a long history of working fast food references into wrestling podcasts that I've done. All right, we're we're entering Royal Yumble season. Do you understand that, Rick? Uh, yes. Hang on. It is Wendy's. Wendy's has the frosty <laughs> Chino. That is ADD. like a slam dunk sponsorship for me. <laughs> look at my look how my last name is spelled. Take take that take that crap off. We we know Bianca's coming up. Take that off. <laughs> look at how my name is spelled. You Chino Frosty Chino. That is perfect. That is the you want points. Sponsorship. He wants points on these shakes, baby. He wants points. He wants he wants he wants to make a buck off each one of those shakes. Promo. Uh, code, no, I, I think like the people getting mad about Kevin Owens signing with a. The thing is, oh, he's going to go to AEW. He'd be so great at AEW. Here's the fact that I think people 
need to understand, and this is not an anti-AEW statement. This is a realistic, you-run-a-show statement. Put this in terms that you and I talk about all the time. Radio, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of radio stations I want to be on. There's radio stations that would like to have me be on their radio station, right? There's probably radio stations that would like to be in the Rick Uccino business, right? You and I work in radio, but I've had those same conversations with those same people who say, we got good people right now. We got to find a spot for you. Oh, don't you hear the term spot a lot in wrestling, right? I bet they would love to have a spot for Kevin Owens and AEW, but guess what? They barely have spots for the people that are there. (laughs) Like, like, Like they're barely able to get as many people on television. Uh, I mean, we had an hour-long match with two guys, okay? Great match. And this is no shot at Danielson or Hangman. This is put yourself in the perspective of someone in AEW in that locker room understanding that an hour of time on television is going to go to two guys instead of how many people could get matches, how many people could get vignettes, how many people could get on camera, how many people could be at ringside being managers and secondary talent. So... Put that into perspective then. Now do that every week and think of if Kevin Owens comes in and you're a Joey Janela, a Sonny Kiss, a Brian Cage, um, a Varsity Club, you know, somebody who's on the up and up, right? You push down. He comes in, he's right at the top. You don't bring him in and he's not there. You brought in Brian Danielson and he is right there. He could be the world champion. He's been the company less than a few months, right? You know, if you're if you're an AEW guy who's been there long, and you feel like I, I put I put I put to, took the risk, signed with you guys, right? So I mean, there's got to there's got to be some people that circumstantially feel bit by that. And if Kevin Owens came in, you, it'd be another bite. Look, I and I I've heard you know Tony Khan talk about this before, where he's like, look, I don't think we ever have a full roster. I'm sorry, I just can't buy into that. You have three hours of live television every week. You have three hours of live television. Not everybody watches dark. Not everybody watches Elevation, which whereas you have a majority of your talent uh, uh, wrestling on every week. You can barely get more than one, one women's match on a week, um, one or two, uh, between you know Dynamite and Rampage. And, and by the way, Sheeta and Deeb actually, absolutely killed it uh, last night. So the, the wrestling is great. The wrestling has always been good. And having a deep roster is a really, really good thing, especially if somebody gets hurt. We've talked about ad nauseum. What happens mm-hmm. if Roman Reigns goes down? SmackDown is screwed. That's what happens if Roman Reigns goes down because they don't have anybody other than Brock Lesnar and maybe Drew McIntyre who is in that that Roman Reigns level right now. They just don't have anybody to, to carry the torch if he wasn't there. Um, AEW, that's that's not the case. If Hangman Adam Page, God forbid, got hurt tomorrow, you have CM Punk. You have Brian Danielson. You have, well, Kenny Omega's out right now, but you have Cody Rhodes. You have guys. You have Malachi Black. You have a lot of dudes there and they have Kenny Omega. Who's on the bench right now. They have Chris Jericho who's touring right now. And who's on the bench right now. You have a guy like Christian cage there. Christian cage is basically a pseudo manager, Matt Hardy. Remember how big it was when he came in there. I, what is Matt Hardy doing right now? Not, not anything of substance, not anything substantial waiting for his brother, Jeff to show up. Yeah. Waiting for Jeff Hardy to show up basically. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they bring in all these guys. They get a lot of fanfare. I mean, Heck, I, I hate to say it, but even a guy like Andrade's kind of been lost in the shuffle. Pac, and that guy went through lost. a flaming table two weeks yeah, ago. Kind of lost in the shuffle. They're just, they're just kind of there. They do a fantastic job of trying to put all these guys in storylines, which is really great. That's more than what WWE can say. But 
you look at all these, you talk about bringing Kyle O'Reilly in. You talk about, and he might, he might very well. He could be, like you said, in a box somewhere. Talk about, oh, well, Johnny Gargano's going to go over to AEW. Well, Kevin Owens, he's going to leave. He's going to go AEW. Oh, Sami Zayn, he's going to quit. He's going to go over to AEW. I think, I think, I think part of it is if you're an AEW loyalist and you see these people, they embrace the idea of trolling and they love being, furthermore, they like being an AEW fan because of the contrarian nature of it. They feel burned by WWE long enough. They're like, I'm just going to ride with the new thing. It happened in the 90s with WCW when NWO come in. The same thing happened then. Same thing's happening now. No one likes to hear that. Gen Z people, this isn't like me being a millennial guy who's like going off on Gen Z people. They really like the idea of disruption. They really like the idea of disruption, and that's it. But here's where it gets competitive. All that talent that WWE just put out there, everyone who's an AEW fan, wants to see those big name people show up in AEW and they're not all going to go there. No, they're not. They, can't. they just can't. They just can't. Eventually they'll, eventually they're not going to have the kind of money to, to bring in a, ba- a major guy like that. Which or, and up- if they go anywhere, they go back to WWE. When WWE says, Hey, let's do, let's get back in the Bray Wyatt business. Bray, yeah. you done making movies? Let's do some, let's do some work. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. Once, once some wounds have healed there and you know, cooler heads have prevailed sure I, I definitely hope that is one day anybody who's looking behind me right now knows i'm well one two things i'm a big becky lynch guy and i'm a big bray wyatt guy mm-hmm. i got a freaking rambling rabbit doll back there for crying out loud um <laughs> but, but um yeah man look whenever wwe decides they want to spend money on talent again because as as deep as aew's bench is where i don't really think they can utilize adding more talent i think wwe they they could stand to fatten their 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 bench up a little bit absolutely they could and there's still some major players out there mm-hmm. mostly thankfully to themselves they they kind of have done this to themselves but they feel comfortable right now with this situation it's great that they have re-signed kevin owens it's going to be really great when they start bringing in some new well-known people which by the way could happen as soon as 2024 maybe sooner but there's a big fish out there big name out there Who's that? Uh, guy who was heavily featured last night three times Diamond, what dynamite diamond ring winner, Andrew Zarian, Matt Men, reporting that WWE is very interested in bringing in MJF over to WWE when his contract expires in 2024. And if you don't, if you think for one second, if you think for one second that MJF is going to be, no, I'm AEW through and through, not a chance in hell, not a chance. I don't know MJF from Adam. Never met him, and if I did meet him, I'm pretty sure he'd be in character because he is 95% of the time. But what he strikes me as is somebody who is really, really smart and somebody who will listen to an offer. And if WWE is interested, they are going to make him an offer that he cannot refuse. And he would be stupid not to take it because unlike Brian Danielson, unlike CM Punk, and unlike a lot of these other WWE guys. Brian Danielson got offered money. He just just went to AEW out of comfort. Yeah. But uh, exactly out of, I mean, you look at all these major guys, the Christians of the world, the, the John Moxley's of the world, the Chris Jericho's of the world. When they all went over there, yep, they didn't have this. They didn't have that years of WWE money under their belt. I'm sure MJF is being paid very well. He, he don't have it. He ain't making that kind of money. He's not in that. I, would top guarantee tier. That. I could me, be, be wrong on that. I, I, I'm not. I'm just speculation, right? Is he one of the highest paid people in all the wrestling? There's I would no doubt. way. No chance. way. Not under uh, his but could he Unless be, he though. recently resigned. All right. So he's what? He's I in his 20s? About. He's 25 now? 20, 24, 25. Yep. 
So you're talking a guy who's 27? And at that point, could be an even bigger star, stays healthy, you know? Could be no, former no. AEW world champion at that point? You know, cross, but I mean, cross your fingers, stay healthy. No more, yeah. no serious injuries, right? Uh, and then has one of the most undeniable speaking abilities that anyone's ever seen in wrestling. I can tell you, I did an interview with him. Have you interviewed him? Have you talked to him? Nope, never spoken. So to him. I, I interviewed him a couple. I exist as far as I know. I interviewed him a couple years ago for MLW, and this is when I was working at a previous outlet. And immediately while I'm doing the interview, there was somebody who knew him a little bit more than me, and they wanted to sit in on the studio. They didn't want to be in on the interview. They just wanted to sit in the studio and listen to the interview. And we were setting up to do the interview, and he, I get um, information. That he wants to push it back a little bit, but he wants to call me before the interview. So I thought this was odd, right? And so I get called, and this is not recorded. I get berated, berated by MJF about I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. I'm going to go do my workout. I want to get a small workout in before I have to deal with this bullshit of talking to you. All right. Do you know that we're talking about MLW? So you don't know if you're getting the character of him and this, he he wanted to emphatically make sure that this phone call was not recorded. So I got MJF before I had to record with MJF. So then I know what, what's it going to be like when we actually record this thing. Right. Yeah. So we go in and do the recording thing, and he is berating me left and right. After the interview, tweets out to the outlet I'm working with, Russell Lone, all right, and and says, fire this guy. Like, fire him. And and everyone thinks, oh, that's just him being in character. No, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if he was, I don't know if I'm being worked or not. I don't know. And some other people told me, like, oh, he's probably a part of the show. But I was like, fine. It never masked wrestlers. You can go online and find out what a masked wrestler looks like, right? MJF is wearing a mask that never comes off. Yeah. Like, think about that. You can, in two seconds, know the most popular masked wrestler in the world, Rey Mysterio. It's unfortunate. You know, you can know what he looks like. And I, I think that destroys some mystery and romance about wrestling, right? MJF, you never don't get him. And that, that creation, that is something that WWE loves and they can do some really, really special things with. I also think uh, everyone's like, oh, he wouldn't adapt to the TV PG. No, he'd be perfect at it. He knows how to do all of this. He is a wrestler from another generation, man. If he came up in the 80s, he'd be right in the mix, you know? And, and also knows, by, by 2024, that whole PG thing could be done, man. They're already look. You're already getting the... Uh... They're uh, focusing on teenagers. They're getting near all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, look at what they're doing. Dude, they're doing what they're doing on NXT 2.0 for a reason. They're doing to see if it works, if it draws in that audience, if it draws in that demo, and then they might you know, try to filter it out on, on some of their other stuff. Maybe not so much on Fox, but USA, absolutely. Um, so MJF, yeah, he could fit in perfectly, just fine. And, and also the, the matchups are through the roof. You know, oh, God, yeah. M- MJF with this. We could get we could MJF get, with this person. You know, we could get Miz and less famous Miz in the same ring at the same time. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> damn. No, but in all seriousness, look, I don't know a damn thing about MJF um, as far as the actual human being. Um, but I, I'll, I'll say this much: the guy is brilliant. The guy is very, very talented. He knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to make money. And that, at the end of the day. I think that's going to be the most important thing for a 26, 27 year old MJF mm-hmm. is he's got a chance to cash in. 
and make his life-changing amount of money. Again, I don't know how much he's making at AEW. He may be very, very rich, and I, I could be dead wrong. I don't know these things. Knowing WWE contracts it's a, or wrestling contracts, it isn't like baseball where you can just go to baseball reference and look it up and know how much somebody's making. Uh, and typically, I don't care. But I'm, I'm telling you, if WWE truly is interested, they are going to make him a fat offer, maybe even a blank check, especially for somebody as experienced as he's going to be in 2024, somebody who's still as young as he is in 2024, a lot of space left on that bump card if he stays healthy, could be former AEW world champion, one of the pillars of AEW, of AEW. you're telling me. And that's not going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to steal that guy away from you. All right. There's a very, very good chance that MJF ends up in WWE in 2024. We're doing this thing here. We spent 28 minutes to talk about one more person jumping from one organization to another because that's the thing that people want to talk about. That's the Kyle fun Riley. part. Of this. That's the that's the fun part it about is. this, man. Everybody talks about, oh, well, this guy's going to go to AEW. This guy's going to go to AEW. You're not losing. You know what? You, this is what you're I'm not waiting, losing. This is what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for somebody from AEW to jump to WWE because that's when it's going to get fun. Yep. For me, that's when it's really going to get fun. The first, can you? Uh, that's why I want it to be MJF so damn bad because there is such an outsider's moment there with with uh, with MJF where he could literally just walk off of television on a Friday night rampage and then show up on Monday night Raw and just that's it, boom, there he is. I'm I'm ready to. I can make an immediate impact like that. That's the fun part. Chris Jericho coming over from WCW to WWE and getting that arguably one of the greatest introductions of all time to the company. That's the fun shit to me, man. And WWE does those things very, very, very well. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this one, Kyle O'Reilly leaving WWE a few weeks ago after war games, putting over Von Wachter on the way out and being written off TV hey man, and WWE reportedly very interesting, keeping Kyle O'Reilly in the fold. And now we get last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Fantastic match with Brian Danielson and Adam Hangman Page for the AEW World title. But another provocative statement, because we got to stir that pot. The pot has to always be stirred. Uh, you have Adam Cole and the Elite backstage. Adam has a Christmas box and claims on the Christmas Day edition of AEW Dynamite that they will open the box and reveal his special gift for the Elite. The same time he does this, Kyle Riley on Twitter, provocative as always, posts a simple gift from the 1995 murder mystery thriller, Seven, starring Brad Pitt. Critical moment in the film is when Brad Pitt yells, what's in the box? Tell me what's in the fucking box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you just spoiler alert. Down, I, I doubt it's going to be Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Uh, oh, God. Spoiler. I said that. <laughs> I know. That's spoiler you. alert. What if Paltrow dies at the end of seven? If you haven't watched that movie that was made in the late 90s, 1995, it's mid 90s, it's right there in the middle. Um, so Kyle O'Reilly, uh, if ever there was a lock of someone <laughs> tweeting something, <laughs> this would be it, you know. But hey, we thought Kevin Owens putting out the coordinates to his old his old faction with the Young Bucks was a giveaway, you know. The, the only difference here is I, I Kevin Owens is a genius because he it, it gets people talking and it, and it pops him right mm -hmm. kyle o'reilly is free agent that's that's the thing that's intriguing to me yes because of of all of the people of all of the people that were contracts were expiring soon and i'm talking about the big four obviously kevin owens sammy Zayn, kyle o'reilly and johnny gargano he was the one that i had pegged as 
guaranteed signed sealed delivered he'll be in aew seems uh, uh he seems so in sync with adam cole they've wrestled yeah. in ring of honor and main events they've wrestled in wwe main events now they can do something like that in aew uh they would have done that in three different major promotions which would have been very impressive he has history with the bucks he you know in, there's a lot of dots that connect also i do think the emphasis on athleticism first in aew is something that could be better for Kyle. I thought Kyle, after he got away from Adam Cole and he did the he did the the series with him earlier this year, I wouldn't say he got lost in the fold, but AEW, uh, WWE rather, where he was in NXT, they had to, to build up some new things and do the transition. And I think well, maybe you could see yourself getting lost in the shuffle there and maybe uh, going to Raw or SmackDown isn't for me. And the matchups on AEW for him, he's a, he's a match-oriented performer. Um I think are alluring. I, I, of all the memes, I completely agree with you. It makes sense. And then the other ones are up in the air. Let's yeah, talk about it, Johnny Gargano. He's doing the Twitch game now. He's dropping little segments out there. He's, he's very active. He's got a pro wrestling T-story. He's no longer with WWE. Doesn't look like you're going to see him in any wrestling organization, though he says you should chant his name at wrestling shows if you want him to show up. Uh, and, and other interesting things with him as well. Jump in there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought the most important takeaway from, from Johnny's stream is like, look, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. He's got a baby due in February. You know, he, he, his, his body's beat up. He's been going six straight years uh, in NXT. He wants to take some time off. He wants to heal. I think he actually put over, you know, some superstars who got hurt and then got to, you know, relax and recuperate more than just their injury. Um, I mean, this is a guy who has poured his heart and soul into the, the, what was the, the black and gold brand. And now it's the, the tie dye brand. Um, but you know, this, he wants to take some time off. Has he made up his mind where he's going to go? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. I was hoping maybe he'd take some time off, show up at the Royal Rumble, but that doesn't, uh, you know, align with. Doesn't align. Doesn't, doesn't align they're, with they're, the, the baby. They publicly said they're having the baby in February. They're he may not off. be. He may not be back in wrestling until next summer. We don't know. We we don't know. Uh, he wants to take this time, be with his family. That's great. Candice LeRae's contract is is not up until next year, so maybe they're going to make a decision together. You never know. Um, so. I did think the way that it sounded when he was talking, though, was that he was saying goodbye to NXT. And that's the same thing with uh, with Kyle O'Reilly. If I was going to guess of the four who would be next to jump ship, I would put Gar Johnny Gargano there because I don't think there is a spot for them in NXT anymore. And that's where Johnny Gargano's goodbye. I Like I said, I don't know. That could have been to WWE, but I think it certainly was to NXT because the NXT that they know and love does not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's, I know a lot of people have an issue with that with NXT 2.0 because it is not NXT anymore. Um, there isn't a place for Kyle O'Reilly anymore. There isn't a place for Johnny Gargano anymore. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with Tommaso Ciampa once he drops that NXT championship. I'll counter something. I'll counter something. This isn't, this isn't defending WWE. I'll put Gargano almost in the same category as, as Kevin Owens in the sense of the guy you can deliver the five-star match. And the guy who can deliver a five-star promo, the guy who can develop a character and do some different things, which makes it much more sports entertaining. You can work within a creative environment with writers and different things like that. He's been able to produce his own segments and do yes. different things within WWE. I also think he wants to train. He said he wants to train talent. Uh, I don't know if that developmental structure is there right now in AEW where they have an idea of what they're doing. They're bringing people in. They develop. They have trainers. They have their own set things. You got the, you got the nightmare factory and and things like that. It's kind of sure. all it's kind of all separated. And they kind of let everybody kind of do their own thing. 
Whereas WWE, sometimes to their own detriment, is very, very structured. It's all in-house. It's all under the WWE brand. And sometimes that's a very bad thing, but sometimes it's a good thing also. And I think, yeah, there is a, a full-on package there. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we're in the freelance business where, hey, we're doing something over here. And then, you know, yeah. but I want to do this. So I'm going to do it for this company and this, that, and the other thing. And all of a sudden you're sending out eight different uh, invoices every month. But if you can find a co one company where you can do everything, <laughs> that's where you want to be. Uh, so that might be one of those situations. It's like, okay, how many invoices does Johnny Gargano want to send in? Or does he want that, you know, that one fat, you know. And also you make the decision with your wife, who's also a professional wrestler, you know. Like so said, there's, there's a lot that they're going to talk about over there. But I, I think Johnny Gargano is tailor-made for the main roster in WWE. I agree. And that was my he, next point. I was like, if he showed up on Raw and SmackDown, I think he would fit in a lot better than people would give him. WWE would be incredibly wise incredibly wise to sign him to a main roster deal and give him creative freedom because the guy is a damn genius. He knows how to reach the, the current wrestling audience. He's in, in incredibly uh, entertaining that, that, that uh, uh, gender reveal video that he did with Candace was so simple and so hilarious. And so just finger on the pulse of every other wrestling video thing that ever came out there. Mm -hmm. Like just, just, the line of him saying, what about all my ideas? What about the prison? I mean, that that was just so fucking good. He's the so sketch, the sketch where he funny. had to like where he stalked um Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell on their honeymoon, yeah, and then he got yes. stuck in the closet. Yes. And he had to like sneak out of the closet, and Dexter Loomis just gives him the thumb, the thumb up. <laughs> yes, he's hilarious. And then, yes, when he gets in the ring, he can go. Yeah, I think he it would be very smart for WWE to offer him a, a main roster con level contract to come up to Friday, right? Smackdown or Monday Night Raw, especially on some of these shows where people think that it's it's just gotten stale and the entertainment value isn't quite there. Uh, and and let him be Johnny Gargano and let him have banger matches and be entertaining. I think he's tailor made for the main roster. I also think he's tailor made for for AEW as well, because he is a wrestler first and foremost. So. Wherever he shows up, I'll be happy because Johnny Gargano will be back on my television screen. All right. Before we get to our interview with Bianca Belair, I, we got to talk about this. Uh, a 60-minute Broadway match on yep. free television. Yep. All right. Uh, five commercial breaks. Really five my only complaint. Five commercial breaks. <laughs> uh, I can see that waning on new new fans. That is something. Yeah, NXT did that, too, where they would do, like, the commercial. When they were going head-to-head -head with uh, AEW, I, they would do the, they would do the big, long. They did an Iron Man match and they had commercial breaks in it. People got really upset about I, it. I cannot believe that of, of all the sponsorships that AEW and WWE has, Kevin, there, there is something that, again, going back to radio, there, there mm -hmm. is something that that midday AM or AFM stations thrive on. As soon as your morning show ends, what is it? 97.1, 97 minutes of commercial free rock block. <laughs> We got all rock block. stacks of wax to the backs of the racks, all the hits, none of the shits. <laughs> Commercial free, baby. Find a sponsor who will buy the hour and every five fucking minutes you just drop this match brought to you commercial free by Pizza Hut. Hey, or you have Pizza Hut being thrown into the audience like the Street Profits. That's what did. I'm saying. If we can get a whole match built around a 
fucking pizza. We can get commercial free brought to you by AutoZone. All right? Or this something. This foot this, this 60 minute match is brought to you by the 60 inch long foot <laughs> subway foot long. You know, like, like, like all that stuff. Yes. Yes, if you could eat the sandwich, you could survive this match. 60 inches high, 60 feet long. <laughs> Yes. How American! How American! Unhealthy portions. Now I'm thinking about. Now I'm thinking about the Simpsons episode where Homer just kept eating that big sandwich over the course of like. I'm not done with it. <laughs> that oh, that traumatized so me. That, the way they drew that sandwich minutes. when it got all rotten and he was still eating it. Oh, it's traumatized me when I was a kid. Uh, I know we're on on a tangent here. Uh, Simpsons had a wrestling game that came out in the '90s. Okay. And I've not bought new video games, but I remember buying that game and being disappointed by it. Like I thought it was fine, but it was just disappointing. If ever there was, there, there's these new fighting games coming out where they're using all the intellectual properties to do like their own smash brothers, Nickelodeon, yeah. Nickelodeon's going to have a fighting game coming out. Um, Warner brothers is going to do it with all their different stuff. Right. So if ever there was a new fighting game that needed to be made a new good Simpsons wrestling game, please make it, make that game. Make that game. Make that One game. of the greatest video games of all time, not to get further down the rabbit hole here. Let's go. Dude, Inside Cradle, maybe we go deep, babe. <laughs> Simpsons Hit and Run. Simpsons Hit and Run, basically Simpsons Grand Theft Auto. Great game. That was the... Just driving around Springfield and running over Professor Frank anytime I could, it Whoa. was hilarious. <laughs> I, I even... <laughs> I forgot to carry the watch. <laughs> oh that's the best fucking game ever danielson hangman 60 minutes on dynamite uh fantastic match uh hangman can't finish the deal can't lay in that that buckshot lariat well he got Brian it danielson in. is god damn it the best wrestler on the on the planet uh he got so much out of it the the simple character things he did as a heel of pulling himself through the ropes and you can't touch me and dragging out all the interactions and I knew about 10 minutes in with the way they were doing things. I was like, they're going a while. Oh, like yeah. they're, they're going to get some real time here. And, and, and I think that, I think the, the uh, commentators kind of sold it in where they were like, man, we we're approaching a half hour here. Like they start, anytime they start making those little time drops, that's because they want you to notice the time. They, uh, the time has now become the story of the match. And that's what this was. But, but ba- plain and simple. This was art. Mm -hmm. Last night was art. I saw somebody five minutes in complaining that the match was too slow. Guys, there's a reason that match started off slow. There's a reason. One of the the best pieces of advice I ever got in the ring. If you think you're going too slow, slow down. Really savor it in. You're telling a story here. They started off with the chain going back and forth. Daniel Bryan had the advantage. Nope. Here comes the big baby face. Now he's, it was very, it was so simple, but it was so brilliant and everything was laid in with intent and every move meant something. And then they just kept going and going through commercial break one, through commercial break two, through commercial break three. And then all of a sudden, picture and picture in every break too. picture and picture in every break, which, which helps, I think, except for the fourth one, I think, except for the fourth one, it wasn't picture and picture. Um, but they get all the way through to the end and all of a sudden five minutes and now your heart starts racing. It's like, Oh shit, what's going on? And then Daniel Bryan, man, with like two minutes left to go, he locks in the label lock and you're thinking, Oh, fudge. Hangman's going to tap. He's going to lose in his first, his first freaking title defense. 
Hangman gets back, and then he starts pulling the Daniel Bryan, man. He he gets a hold of him, stomps him, mud hole in his damn face, hits him with a with, with the lariat, crawls over, gets over the ropes, buckshot, flip, nails Daniel Bryan. He's down for the three. Uh, time's up. It's a draw. And people lost their damn minds, particularly people in the chat that work for this fine establishment going nuts saying that they just sat through 60 minutes for a draw. I don't give a shit that we sat through 60 minutes for a draw. Well, what we sat through was that. That was fucking amazing. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is the best professional wrestler on this planet. Hangman Adam Page was brilliant in that match. I would watch those two wrestle for 120 minutes to a damn draw, and I bet you Daniel Bryan has the cardio to get that done. It was absolute so art. Uh, this is the type of stuff that AEW can do. WWE's done some long matches on television uh, in the better part of the year, but they spread them out and they keep they keep there, them unique. Here's the thing: you're not going to see something like this in an, in another week or so. Uh, but it'll be interesting if they go and say, "Hey, let's do the Iron Man match." You know. Uh, that's the natural thing for me now is you do the rematch. You got to do a rematch. The Iron Man match with no falls, no falls. But that's, that's the thing is where you do. Th I would say you have to go to overtime, no ties, Iron Man match, but they'd have to call it something else. Cause I, I do believe WWE kind of has the copyright. Probably. Probably. I would guess, uh, but 60 minute time limit, multiple fall, whoever has the most falls by the end of it, but you go OT and now you got to go an hour and 20. <laughs> And here's the thing about, about, about that match, by the way. Here's a stat for you if you love wrestling. I don't know what the exact totals are, but that match had more wrestling in it than the last two SmackDowns combined. And that is my biggest problem with WWE right now is they're, they're, they're I know it's sports entertainment, but when it comes to SmackDown, the most watched wrestling show on the planet, there's not enough wrestling. So this was such a breath of fresh air last night. And the biggest. I, I guess if I'm going to, it's, it's two different audiences. It, it I don't know if the comparison is appropriate because SmackDown is built on, it's the Roman Reigns show and his promos and his character is captivating and that's fine. You know, um, if that was something where it was the last three months, I would agree with you. You know, like that'd be alarming. And it's the end of the year weeks. and they just, always kind of, I just think it's one of those, like let's bend logic as much as we can to have a provocative tweet. You know, like to me, that's the way it comes off. Like, well, they didn't have as much of this with this number so we can compare. You've seen radio ratings, you know, well, we're not beating them in this, but we have this. That's what it comes off as. It's it's like, well, that's, we have I'm the most saying, of this. That, that's me. Like it's that, two different audiences, though. It's two. It, the, the, the I, don't AEW so. audience. I, don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I agree. I kind of agree with what Tony Khan said. I, I He said it this week. I wish I remember who it was with. But he he said, "Look, took some pot shot at, at WWE, saying they didn't have enough wrestling on television." No, no, that's that's. Oh my me. god, Tony Khan said something bad about WWE and to, to get people no, listening. To I'm him? the one who said because I have been harping on this on Smack Talk, which you can watch every week, uh, every Friday night at 11:05, right here on the Sports mm -hmm. Gear Wrestling YouTube and Facebook. Uh, look, I flat out said I've been watching how much as you choke down your French fries. What are you talking about? How much wrestling I'm there's not, been? Not yeah. I've been watching. Either. I've been watching how much wrestling there has been on a two-hour show, and it has not been much uh, the last two weeks. So that does that mean it's bad? Does that equate to being uh, bad? The last two shows have been pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can say, the last the last few SmackDowns have ha not had like a banger match that I enjoy. 
Uh, but I I get what you're saying. But I don't know if that equates. They gave, bad. They gave freaking Drew McIntyre and Sheamus five minutes. It was a great five. Oh, minutes. give him more than that. Give, give him more, him more than, than five than that. freaking minutes. Yeah, like, you know, like that. That's my issue. Um, they could hate I, each other. They could hate each other in the mouth for an hour. I'd watch. Even on Raw, they had like a a, a seven minute promo exchange, including backstage and uh, backstage and and introductions and music and all this stuff for Zelina and Rhea, and then the match was forty eight seconds long. What are we doing? That's the kind of stuff that WWE does that annoys me. And mm-hmm. this is where I'm like, all right, this is where I really enjoy the work that, that AEW does. You know, but now, a few I'm, years ago, people said there was too much wrestling, you know, on Raw. It was just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Where are the characters? Well, you they know? need to find a, a happy medium. Yeah. They need to find a happy medium because uh, we had, we had Seth Rollins to- doing we had Seth Rollins doing an hour and a half gauntlet match, you know, before the pandemic happened. And now well, there isn't enough wrestling, you know. Well, so. now and again, I'm just talking about. Sm- I, I I did bring up a raw uh, example, but I'm talking mostly about SmackDown here. Yeah, because which is SmackDown, the number one show. It's the number right. one show in all SmackDown, wrestling. SmackDown on top with with Rampage right after. Man, you got a two hour show that has like 20 minutes of wrestling, and then you have a one hour show that has 48 minutes of wrestling on it. It's noticeable. It's really really noticeable. Um, I think sometimes. But does that equate better? Uh, I don't last, know. The last two weeks, it has. The okay. last two weeks, it has. I can um, agree. Anywho, with you. I get, get, getting off on a tangent here, but yeah. what I'm what I'm trying to say is, if I'm going to nitpick anything about that match last night, is that by putting it on first, it immediately made me not care a whole lot about the rest of it, uh, because I was just the rest so, of the show. It was only that one. Show. It was a one like, match show to you. Yeah, WWE or excuse me, AEW kind of does this. They do it on Rampage a lot too, where they put mm-hmm. the best thing out first. The and old like, Saturday night spent. main event model: put Hogan then, on early, have him hold the rating and ride out. Yeah, and then and then I'm I'm kind of spent. I'm like, God, that was so damn good. And then afterwards, they got the the calm down with Wardlow squashing, you know. Matt Seidel inside of like two minutes and it's like, okay, now deep and them get, it's like, I, I was so amped up with that match is that the rest of the car just couldn't live up to it. Even though deep and, um, Drawing a blank here. I'm sorry. I, I, here, here, here. Uh, even though they they absolutely killed it. And I thought the main event was, was, was fine, but I think Tough I was expecting act to follow. I think I was expecting, a debut or something because his winner is coming. It's a big special. And mm-hmm. instead we got, we got sting and CM Punk. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of sad for me to sit here and go sting and CM Punk was a bit of a disappointment, but when they put on hangman and, and Danielson first, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm expecting something major at the end of the show. So that's partly my own fault, but I think there were a lot of people who shared that sentiment. <laughs> that's really my only nitpick about it. I love that they put it on first, but it, it was kind of detrimental to the second hour. And then I think the only other thing that I can nitpick here is you already had Daniel Bryan do a timed out draw. So this is his second timed out draw. And he was beat. Like he was beat. The last time he had Kenny Omega beat. This time he was done. He was finished. Would it really have hurt Daniel Bryan for him to take that loss to Hangman? I don't think Gotta so. Gotta get another match out of it. You're gonna get another match out of it, yes. But this was hangman's first title defense a win over daniel brian danielson excuse me would have been huge for him absolutely huge long run it plays into the anxiety of is it an imposter syndrome did he just get one over omega and he can't do it anymore is he just good enough to be there and he's not great enough to be the champ you can there's a lot of different ways you can go with it sure a lot of different ways you can go with it let's get into our conversation with who i think is the 
WWE breakout star of 2021. I know near the end of the, the, the year, everyone just starts thinking of the last few months, but you got to look at the whole year in, in, in comprehensive sense of 2021, where we're still finding our way out of the pandemic. This wrestler who we've had on our channel a lot. Let, let me ask you, let me, let me stop you right there real quick. Cause I'm, I'm curious. One thing I've always wanted to ask her about. And even though I've talked to her a couple of times, I always run out of time. Did you mm -hmm. happen to ask her about the time she hoisted Otis up on her shoulders? I didn't talk her specifically about that, but we do get into this interview with Bianca Belair, who I think is, to me, the breakout star of 2021 for WWE in general, men or women, um, that she had a, a fantastic year. I think she'll have maybe, you know, she cooled off a bit, but I do think she could have a really big 2022. And we talk about that coming up. You know, WrestleMania is on the horizon. People kind of know where they're going to be in, you know, February by that point. So the next, you know, six weeks are very, very critical for that. Yeah. And I think she lays out some things. You talk about Otis. We talk about physical things that she can do in the ring that people don't think she can do uh, and th things she wants to do and how if someone doubts that she can do something in the ring, she wants to do it more. Uh, it was a very intriguing interview. Uh, though, we don't have to be groundbreaking or get your salacious clickbait to get uh, a, a great mind. I always appreciate when we get talent. Uh, when they're just open and they don't feel the need to, oh, I gotta, I gotta get my big buzzword. Or, no, we get to learn about the craft of WWE at a critical time of the year. Here's our conversation with Bianca Belair out of a big run for WWE as they run through the Midwest here, running on Friday, Saturday, and some Monday in, in Illinois, in Wisconsin. Some Monday. What? You said you you you. Never mind. No, they're running. What, what do you mean? They're running on Monday. They're running. Yeah, running I know. But you, you started to say Sunday. So it sounded Sunday. like. Yeah, I started. I started. No, no, it sounded like you said some Monday, like some random Monday. Nah, it was a dumb thing. So, some, of the, some, of the, some of the guys and gals from Raw are going to be eating a steak somewhere on a Sunday afternoon in the Midwest. Probably. There, Just right? play the damn clip. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. Play the damn clip. 52 minutes. We didn't go to 45. Damn Let's see out. if I can remember all of this. She is the roughest, the toughest, the strongest, the fastest. There's probably there's probably in it there's probably one I'm forgetting. Bianca Belair is with us, the EST of WWE. WWE coming through the Midwest with a lot of great shows you can check out. Definitely go check it out. Ticketmaster, big shows. Friday in Rosemont, two SmackDowns. Saturday, us WWE Super Show. You get the best of both worlds at the Rockford BMO Harris Bank Center, and then uh, Monday night in Milwaukee. And of course, we have the Royal Rumble on the horizon. So much going on. WWE back on the road. This this thing called WrestleMania is also on the horizon as well. You guys are marching way down there. How does it feel to be back on the road with WWE again? You guys have been back now for a couple months. It must feel like, all right, here we go. This is what it was supposed to be for a while, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, for me, when we first got back on the road, everyone kept saying, what does it feel like to be back on the road? But for me, I had never been on the road with Raw or SmackDown because as soon as I got called up to Raw, everything shut down. So I'm experiencing this uh, for the first time. Uh, but it's amazing. You know, I feel like I, I got the debut that I never got to actually have when I first debuted on Raw and being back with the fans. is just nothing can replace our fans. So we're super excited to be back on the road and have our fans back. You had an incredible year. I, I think as the year kind of wraps up, people say who had the best year in WWE. You certainly had that with with the run you had towards WrestleMania, uh, and you know things happen, but still that was an amazing accomplishment. Like Rumble Mania, everybody wants that, and you get to have that in such a sp big, big, big way uh, at such the perfect time where you know yeah. it was WrestleMania, the first one back in front of fans in over a year at that point. Um, now you look forward, there's another mania coming up. There's another, there's another road to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, 
it, you have to think of goals and different things like that. You got to have that. How do you top that? How do you like what, what's 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 the next mountaintop when you're on one mountain? What's the next mountain you're looking at there? You know, I always say, uh, you know, 2021 treated me so great. Uh, so when I look at 22, 2022, all I could say is, you know, keep the same energy 2022. Um, you know, I had an amazing year, uh, perfect timing for everything, every opportunity that presented itself. I just capitalized on that opportunity. Um, and I was also in the ring with amazing people that made the moments even bigger. Uh, you know, the Royal Rumble, being, there, being in there between other women, uh, WrestleMania, main eventing with Sasha Banks and all the pay-per-views afterwards, um, even with Bailey, it, it, you know, it was just, it was an amazing year. So I'm looking forward to this year. Uh, I'm not really trying to say that I'm trying to top it uh, mm -hmm. because I feel like I just, I just take it one step at a time. And every time an opportunity presents itself, I just try to make the best of it and capitalize on it and have everyone talking about Bianca Belair afterwards. Um, you know, we're on the road to WrestleMania now and with Royal Rumble coming up and, uh, I just always go out there with with uh, knowing that my biggest competition is me and, and trying to just focus on that and making everyone have to study me and have to study everybody else. Uh, I just want everybody to play Bianca Belair's game. You're, someone's having a match with you. You're not having a match with them. I, that, that, is a, that is an approach I've heard other people have as well. Um, I, I, had to, I had to bring this up because you come from the collegiate athletic world. You are a very, very accomplished track and field. Go Volunteers. I was told I had to say that by a friend who, who, who is an alum like you. Um, <laughs> you're just thinking, um, WWE has now done something since you've been in WWE. Uh, they've launched this NIL program, the Next in Line program, which is now kind of playing in new rules and regulations with collegiate athletes. There's now a whole crop of collegiate athletes who may or may not have ever stepped in a WWE ring or ran the ropes uh, are now in line to potentially be WWE superstars in the future. Is this something as someone who is an accomplished track and field star? You're like, I wish I had that. This would have been so much easier if, you know, when I was, when I was jumping hurdles with the Vols, this would have been so much easier. You know, when I first started in 2016, I used to always say, man, I wish I found this a lot uh, earlier. You know, I feel like I got a late start. But, you know, I think my, my path is is unique and I love the path that I took. I think that, you know, if I would have started right after college, I would have never gotten to do CrossFit. I would never gotten to go into powerlifting, which I use. I pull a lot of things from CrossFit and powerlifting. Um, and I, and I use it in the ring and even, it, it even molded me into the person I am. And I, and a lot of that goes into who Bianca Belair is. So I love the journey that I had. I do think it's amazing that there's a lot of collegiate athletes that are getting this opportunity and the opportunity and are getting a head start. And I, you know, I have to say being a collegiate athlete, um, I, I hope that I'm representation and, and I'm proof that it can work. Uh, and I'm not the only one in WWE that's a collegiate athlete that's no. being successful right now. You know, we have that grit. We have uh, we're, we're coachable. Uh, we know how to work hard. We know how to, you know, have downfalls, but, but still be able to, to bounce back. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really excited about this program. Now, playing into that athletic side, all these things that you call yourself, you back up the strongest, the fastest you have this. I've heard people call you the, you are the sports car of wrestlers. You have all of the amenities that people would want in the ring, bell to bell, rope to rope. And the strength is there. Everything's been there. You've been able to show it off. Is there something in your arsenal of the powers that you have in the ring, a special maneuver, maybe something that people haven't seen. I'm not asking you to tell me what it is. But is there something you're going to do in the ring that no one's going to see coming 
And everyone's gonna be like, all right, she kept saying all that stuff. And that is 100% true. Is there something there that you haven't pulled out yet? Is there something that's going to give people that oh wow moment at some point in the future? You know, the thing about me is it's always something there. You know, whenever every single time I step in the ring, I try to prove that I'm the EST, whether I'm showing that I'm the strongest or the fastest or the quickest or the flyest by doing some high, you know, top rope move. Um, I'm always trying to pull things out of my pocket and uh, reinvent things and just show that can't nobody do it like me or do it better than me. You know, um, you know, doing things like at uh, Crown Jewel, the one arm press or, you know, when I just had the match on, on Raw and I had two girls on my shoulder and powerbombed them. I'm, I'm always trying to do something and prove that no one can do it like me or do it better than me. So I always have something up my sleeve. I'm always just um, trying to find and pick and choose the perfect time to pull it out. So is is yeah. there has there been a time when you wanted to do you, you did two uh double person power bomb, right? Yeah. It, did someone say like are you sure you can like was there, was there anyone that said like wait are you are you are, come on are you certain you can do this? Is that has anyone ever doubted you and then you're like, oh now I'm gonna do it. Now now I have to do this. Well, what's crazy is I think I've built this reputation where I do a lot of things that um originally before people would say, like, are you sure you could do this? I've mm -hmm. built this reputation now where I think everyone thinks I'm superwoman. So people will actually have ideas and they'll be like, hey, do you, I think you could do this. And then I'm the one that's like, who, who do you think I am? Like, really? <laughs> I don't know. And then actually- it's Hey, like, there's oh, traffic in front of us, Bianca. Can you pick up these cars and just move them? If you could? Exactly. But they think I'm superwoman and they, I, I, they have this confidence in me, which I believe. And sometimes I'm actually the one that's Kind of, you know, honestly, I'm the one that's uh, like, I don't know. And then I have people that are actually encouraging me, uh, which is really cool. It really just shows uh, how how just um, empowering and supportive like our backstage is and our locker room is. They're all we're always they're always pushing me to like, no, you can't do this. You're the EST. Remember, remember, you got to you got to practice what you preach <laughs> now. Like, all right. Now I got to back it up. All right. I said all that. I said all that stuff on the microphone. Now I got now I got to go out there. OK. All right. All right. We're going to do a three person powerbomb tonight. Great. Exactly. Great. <laughs> Um, so a lot of um, big, big things coming up here. You mentioned the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble will be at the Dome in St. Louis, and that's going to be a huge, huge event. You got to win that event. Uh, yeah. This is a hard match to put together in terms of just the structure of designing the match. But it's a really, really exciting one because it has all these surprises and it has this big momentous thing to it. Um, tell me about your Royal Rumble experience because you got to have the full experience. You got to have everything that anyone would want out of that experience. Not everyone gets to have it. What was it like for you? And what is it like to put that match together when when you when you're all right, here's what we're doing, here's the plan, you know? Because there's a lot of exciting things just for you as someone who's performing the match, even if you're not yeah. winning it. Yeah, it's a very exciting match. It's so unpredictable. And you have, you know, 30 women in the ring, and it's women from all three brands, Raw, NXT, SmackDown is legends in there. So it's really fun. But it all just depends a lot of um what what entry you are. So for me, I was entry, I was number three. And so knowing it, when you know that you're earlier on in the Royal Rumble, you know, in order to win, you're going to be in, in the ring for around an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so your strategy kind of changes, but, you know, it's just a lot of different moving parts. You, you're constantly, you know, you're trying to throw somebody over the top rope, which is how you eliminate them. But then you also have somebody trying to throw you over the top rope. So it, it but it really just changes depending on what your entry is. Uh, you know, my first year I was number two. My second year I was number three. So I, I have, I think I have experience with learning how to last throughout the match um it, it is a really tricky match to put together but it's really fun 
and I think I had the ultimate, well, I know I had the ultimate experience last year, even without, um, you know, when I think about the Royal Rumble and I think about how amazing the moment is, I still forget sometimes that it wasn't in front of an, an audience. There were no fans, but that's how amazing the moment was in the end and how much I was into the moment with knowing I was going to WrestleMania and we had the pyro, we had our virtual fans. So I, I had the ultimate experience, but I haven't had the experience uh, winning in front of fans yet. So maybe that's how I can top it for this year if I'm in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> two in a row. Let's see if we can do two in a row. One more before I get out of here. Once again, BMO Harris Bank Center in Rockford coming up. Get your tickets while you still can. This is a great experience. If you if you've been to a Raw or SmackDown, why why what's the difference with the with a live event like Super Show? You get to see everybody. You get to see everybody on one show. Uh, and the card is absolutely fantastic. Go get your tickets. WWE.com. A lot of big events coming up across the Midwest. Got the plug in. Have to ask this question. The hair whip. Where did this come from? At what point did you know you could use it in matches? Has there been a point where you wanted to use it in a match and people are like, no, 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 I don't want to do it that. <laughs> Has there been something where you, you haven't done something with the hair whip that you want to do? It's such a unique, special, only you thing that I've never seen anyone do that every time you get in the ring, I anticipate someone's getting whipped with a, with a whip of hair. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, so the hair whip, you know, initially I was just wearing the hair um, just to really stand out. Mm. When I was trying to figure out who Bianca Belair was and what I wanted to, to look like and represent. I was debating between uh, this long braid uh, or just wearing my hair down and, and flowy because I, I saw all the other girls wearing their hair like that. I'm like, they look so pretty. I want to do the same. And my husband was the one who really encouraged me. Who's Montez Ford. He's one mm -hmm. half of the tag team Street Profits. He's the one that actually encouraged me to wear the braid because you know, when I first came in, I, I did. I was very new to the business and new to WWE and wrestling. And he was just explaining to me, you know, the you want to stand out, you want to be unique. So he, he he told me, you know, look at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. He said nobody else is wearing that long braid. And if anybody comes to a show for the first time, even if they don't remember your name, they'll remember the girl with the braid. So I I just wore it at, at first as just a, a signature look. Um, and I was in the ring one day and my coach, Sarah Motto, she was just like, you might want to, if you're going to wear that long braid, you might want to figure out how you can use it to your advantage. Otherwise it's going to be used to your disadvantage. Um, and so I had a match one time in California, my first, actually my first NXT road loop match, live event match. And I threw my braid at my opponent and I just did it just some, like, I thought, I thought it might look cool mm -hmm. as a move. And it made this huge noise <laughs> and the crowd went crazy. And we kind of looked at each other in the ring. Like, what, what was that? And I'm like, I think that was my hair. So ever since then, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a thing. I'm like, Oh, I can actually use this thing now. And I can use it to my advantage. And, you know, right now my rule is if you don't touch my hair, don't touch my hair. If you don't touch it, I won't use it. And so it's always warranted. Um, but you know, I, 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 I want to figure out more ways to use it, whether it's tripping, tripping a girl or I want to come off the top rope one day and like hit a girl one day <laughs> if, if she touches my hair too much. But I, I want to do some 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 cool things in the future with it. Is the dreaded hair versus hair match avoidable? Um, Yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about that. OK, you know? OK, That's we like, end we end on that point. <laughs> Yeah, let's. I have no desire to do a hair versus hair match. <laughs> I I, ha, I had to ask the mean the mean the mean carnival mind in my head of a wrestling fan had to ask. God, oh, there's yeah, money in that. There's money I in that. Keep, right. 
I see people tweeting me all the time about it. I'm like, I'm going to block you if you tweet me about it. <laughs> well, don't block me. Don't block me. I'm just the messenger. People ask me to ask, so I had to ask. Thank you so much, Bianca Belair. You can check her out every Monday night on the USA Network with Monday Night Raw. And, of course, WWE Live back on the road. BMO Harris Bank Center in Rockford on the 18th. Uh, and, of course, Monday Night Raw in Milwaukee at the Pfizer Ver Forum coming up on the 20th. And thank you so much, Monday Night Raw. Uh, it's going to be a part of the Road to WrestleMania as well. And so much more events. Go to WWE.com for all your tickets and information. Bianca, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. What a great hand there, huh? What, what, what a great personality. Bianca Belair. Definitely give her a follow on the old the old social media machine and enjoy her journey to Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Thank you so much for watching the whole show. Did you have a good time? Get in the comments below. Did you have a good time? Hit the like button. We need to be like, please. And remember when watching wrestling, do the most important thing, which is critical. It is important. You can follow Rick Uccino. You can follow me. All right, please, please enjoy wrestling. <laughs>